Welcome to the Backlog Journey Podcast. My name's Kevin, and I just want to bring in um, you all to talk about things that we're talking and that we're like reading, playing, watching, anything that's in our backlog. So, and I have my friend Steven here for this first episode. Welcome, Steven. Hey, man, what's up? Nothing much, just uh, excited to start this new podcast journey and join this world of podcasting with everybody. So, I know I've been behind in terms of joining this world, so <laughs> I'm excited. Thank you for joining me on my first episode. I don't problem. We've been talking about doing something together like this for a while, so I'm glad we can, yeah. we can finally do it. <laughs> yeah, it's just an excuse for us to catch up with each other, basically. Um, Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, how, how's the new year treating you? Oh, it's, uh, well, personally, it's, you know, it's, it's all right, you know, yeah. with the, the news that's going on, it's, uh, it's been a real hoot, so. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's why we have things to distract ourselves, so um, are you, are you, right. are you watching, are, what are you catching up on right now, like anything in reading, watching, or playing, or anything? Um, I am trying to, I'm trying to catch up on some of the movies from last year that I missed, because I was pretty lazy with my movie watching, and Not you same. know that that, that's uh that's a bit of a, a a professional thing that I like to do. I love movies and I, I let it slip. So trying to catch up on that. And um, any ones that you want to, uh, that you want to shout out? Um, trying to think the last one that I watched from last year was, um, was the five bloods, the Spike Lee movie that's on Netflix excellent movie oh yeah um, yeah yeah i caught that one that was really good yeah it was one of chadwick boseman's last performances and he killed it my yeah. oh, the guy's so good yeah and, Man, um, yeah yeah so so it sucks that like we're not going to get more of him but yeah he is yeah. he was so so good uh, such a talented actor so it, it was great Definitely. seeing like it, it was great seeing that he was able to at least like complete like one of the, those films that he was working on before his tragic death so definitely and um the other one of his that's on netflix um is it ma, ma rainey's black bottom that he's in with viola davis also very good um i think he could be i think he could he could get the oscar for that one i don't know which one netflix is going to push but he's going to walk away with an oscar this year well let I me mean, posthumously but you yeah. know what i mean so, yeah he deserves it too yeah, I'm de- definitely like uh, you feel like there isn't a lot of movies that are like Oscar worthy like this year. Yeah. That I would say like I'm I keep joking about it, but I'm like I think Sonic will probably end up winning something that <laughs> <laughs> just because the, it was like one of the last movies that came out last year and was one of the biggest <laughs> box office. That in Bad Boys Two, in Bad Boys Three. So. That's right, <laughs> and um, I'm I'm hoping for an Invisible Man to like slip in there and get something because. Uh, that was actually, that was really good, but um, I don't know. It, we'll see what happens. They have until I think it's that they're showing it in April this year, so they've got some time. Yeah. So is the cutoff? If, if, do you know if the cutoff for Oscars is still in uh, December, like it normally is, or is it did they push it back to like January, February? They push it back to sometime in February. Oh, okay. So it yeah, does give so. them more. Give, does give them a little bit more room to have more stuff. Yeah, because there was some stuff I really wanted to see that I was like, all right, well, what are they are they going to come out? And they're just like, no, they're they're only going to start streaming in like January or the beginning of February. So it's like, ah, okay, I guess it's, I guess that's going to, they're trying to do that to, um, I get, well, they make up for the time because of COVID. And then 
I guess to let people see it unless that because you know the Oscars are political so they may want to you know have that see if that viewership impacts anything or not yeah, as long as Palm Springs wins something so that I'll be happy about that yes <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah is there anything else that you've been like playing reading or watching or anything um well i am playing through the uh, final fantasy 7 remake again <laughs> nice um, in preparation for something that may be coming up soon just to okay. tease the audience and um and i'm also i'm trying to get through a book that my mother bar- let me borrow it's called where the crawdads sing it's a kind of a southern like uh, mystery book it's pretty good but I want to get through that because I just got the first book of that new Star Wars imprint that they're doing, The High Republic. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Do you, get the, do you get the books and the comic or is it just a book? Um, it's just the books for right now. I might get the comics when they're, when they're collected. Um, so I'm super excited to get into that because Charles Soule is an amazing writer. And I think that if nothing else, I know he'll do a good job. Yeah, I, I, I haven't. I have the book on order right now, but I did pick up the comic book this this week. And actually, the comic book was really solid. I like okay. it's it's like a Marvel Marvel Star Wars comic. It's, they all been <laughs> uh, they all been really. I I personally enjoy all the Marvels Star Wars yeah. comics. I think it's actually some of the best stuff that Marvel's doing. So, um, okay. in terms, so if, if you haven't yeah. checked out the check that out, I would definitely recommend just like I know my favorite favorite out of them right now is actually the Doctor Afro comic. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it okay, was cool, one, cool. Yeah, it was one of my top ones from uh, last year. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what they do just because it does feel like they finally are exploring something new and it's not just the Skywalker stuff. Like even, yeah. even when you do Rogue One or Solo, you're like, it's still Skywalker, it's still in this universe. It's like it's very mm-hmm. limited. And this one, it's like you could do anything <laughs> for, for <Yeah>. once. <laughs> like explore, explore like actually the history of this universe. So it's actually... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's actually good. Um, but yeah, I think for myself, I've been doing a lot of catch up. I have a huge, <laughs> that, that's a big reason why I did this, started this podcast because I have a huge ass backlog of things that I'm catching up on. I, think, <laughs> I just, um, uh, to start the year, I was able to start the year on a good note that I finished Mario Odyssey for finally. So, um, hey, because I finally, I finally picked that, um, I picked, picked that game up and I think for, that was my Christmas present to myself and I just plowed through that um i didn't get all the moons yet so but i think i finished with about 260 moons on that so mm-hmm. uh, so hopefully i am i'll probably be plowing through that game more and more as the <laughs> year but now that i finished it, i'm like all right cool that's another one off my bucket list so um I and i think in terms of others i i'm just started horizon zero dawn uh, also so i'm about nice. eight, eight, i'm about i think 10 hours into that so uh, it's, yeah, I, it's a game that I honestly started, but then just I fell off like after like 12, 13 hours. So I'm just restarting it. And I was just like, I got to give this a mm. fair shot. I can't just I tried to do the gamer thing of picking up where I last left off. And I realized where I last <laughs> left off was like 20 hours in and I have no idea what I'm doing. So I was like, I got to start yep. over. So, <laughs> so um, but yeah, I think that that's in terms of playing. And then obviously I'm re- reading a bunch of stuff like um uh, all the future state stuff that has come out from DC, which I'm actually enjoying. I just posted a, like about three three reviews on it um, for Batman, Wonder mm-hmm. Woman, and Harley Quinn. They actually are probably some of my. I want to know it's too early to say, but it's probably some of the most fun I've had reading a DC comic um, in the last couple of years, in terms wow. of what it is. Just because 
No. If it, it gives me the feeling of when I watch Batman Beyond, where it's just I'm going into it and I have no idea who these characters are. I'm just learning who they are. Yeah. Um, even with Harley Quinn, who is like the like in terms of that and the Flash, where the characters are still the characters you know, but it, mm-hmm. they just feel different because of the time jump and everything. You're like, okay, this is actually something new that they're trying out. They're actually taking a, a some somewhat of a risk, as big of a risk as DC will ever do. So. Um, I do actually recommend checking some of that stuff out and, and any, and they have, they have really great talent. They're actually doing, getting a mix of like, uh, newer talent, um, like Stephanie Phillips, which I, who I really like, who's I think Mm -hmm. going to be one of their bigger talents as long as they keep her around, um, and doing more stuff with, uh, Harley Quinn. And then they're also have like Joel Jones, um, doing stuff and John Ridley. So, um, I, Definitely check that stuff out if you, if you when you get the chance, and maybe we'll do an episode later on on that because I do want to talk more about future state okay. here in the podcast later. So because it's going to be interesting how how that impacts the way DC do, does things. But um, outside mm-hmm. of that, I um, yeah, in terms of watching, I'm also watching Cobra Kai, which I know you mentioned before we started the podcast that you're finished uh, finishing up the third season. I, I just started the first season. And I'm really enjoying it. It's just bringing back so many good memories of like watching Karate Kid as a kid. <laughs> so it's like, oh yeah. my God, I remember this. I remember this. I can't believe they're doing this. Um, even, though Ralph, <laughs> even though Ralph Macho isn't the greatest actor and you could tell that he's uh, dying his hair, but <laughs> to look young, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just so much fun to get back into that world. I was like, oh my God, I'm a kid again. <laughs> yep, but, uh, that's right. Yes, and I think that's, yeah, and that's pretty much um, what what I'm watching right now. So, um, and I think we could move on to our big subject of what we're, we wanted to cover in terms of this episode, and which um, I know it's a comic book we both enjoy is uh, a Justice League Avengers crossover. Um, mm-hmm. It's a comic book that I, that I, it's been a while. I have it on my, um, on my stack of things that I was I keep saying that I was going to read, but I just, for some reason, I haven't gone back to reading in a while so it's actually yeah. been a couple of years and i was like you know what as probably a good place for us to start let's start off uh, our first episode with a big topic and it's a comic book that we both love and we're like you know what let's do justice league avengers um mm-hmm. so yeah um <laughs> so yeah figure i give you a good first episode where instead of torturing you with something that you might not enjoy <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah um so yeah this is the the huge crossover that um uh, Marvel and DC did back in um, about the early 2000s. It's it's it is the last crossover that they that they did together before they they're like we're doing our own thing. But um, but yeah, they surprisingly have done actually quite a bit into like the 70s and 80s. They um, teamed up on a couple of things. Like the first thing that they teamed up with on was uh, the marvelous Wizard of Oz adaption of, from the MGM film. That was like the very first thing that they did. They did, it wasn't even a superhero thing. They just collaborated on this one shot. So, but in terms of superhero things, like what I was able to find was that uh, the Superman versus Amazing Spider-Man comic from uh, by Jerry Conway and uh, Neil Adams worked on it. John Romita, Ross Drew was the first like superhero thing that they did together. Mm-hmm. Did you end? Up, did you ever read that? Um. Yes, I have. Um, it's been a little while. But um, you know, I liked it. It's a nice, it's a nice, fun little, uh, little story. It's a little ridiculous, but you know, it's a comic book. So, <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Was, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I think my first, 
in terms of crossover for DC and Marvel that I remember reading, which was as a kid, and I'm like, it's very vague, and I can't even don't even have the comic book. It is the X Men Teen Titans comic is the that crossover? Yeah. I think was one of the only, actually, honestly, the only crossover comic books of Marvel and DC that I read before uh, Justice League Avengers. Um, but yeah, that mm-hmm. one was. Uh, I think that one came out in from what I have on my notes on the 1982 and it was uh, Chris Claremont and Walt Simmons. So, you know, it was good. I, I could, I could just tell mm-hmm. by those names. I'm like, it's good. Still good probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh that was the last thing that they did in the eighties. I um, just cause uh, from researching, which was actually really interesting to find out it was in which you could tell. And even now that it happens all the time too, is that they had a lot of managerial changes at, at Marvel and DC, like right after that, mm-hmm. that comic came out because they did actually plan this Justice League Avengers comic right after the Uncanny X-Men and Teen Titans. This was the next project that they were going to work on together, but just because of the manager changes. And then I think they were from, it was rumored that Jim Shooter was like, kind of like the last one to say, nah, nix it. So, which also yeah. sucked because it was supposed to lead into another, another crossover between X-Men and Teen Titans, which they're like, that probably would have, still been the most popular thing because you had those two franchises that were the hottest things in comic books at that time so that, yeah. that was unfortunate so i think they kind of ended their relationship in the, that the 83 i think they stopped talking to each other for a while mm-hmm. but um but yeah and then obviously they start they did come back and do some crossovers like throughout the mid and late 90s uh like they started with the batman punisher um in 94 and then all the way through like to that like 2000, which was the last thing that they did together was the Batman Daredevil um, crossover. Did you read any mm-hmm. of those crossovers, like the those team of? Um, oh well, I do have a, I do have a book that has a bunch of them collected, like uh, both of the Batman Punisher ones. Um, I have, oh. and you know it goes way back because the first one is the Azrael Batman. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, because it, it did. Like now that I'm looking at the years, I'm like, yeah, it did take place during Nightfall, didn't it? Like those crossover, those like one shot yep. crossovers, right? And um, there was one. What was it? There was one they did with Batman and Captain America that was set during World War II. Um, yeah, the one. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, and then did did that one have? Uh, sorry, I didn't read that one. Is that did that one have like the Adam West Batman and Robin, or was it just like straight up uh, like that? The that time period's Batman for in the comics. Um, it was it was like a Batman that would have existed in the forties, I guess. I don't want to say the Adam West Batman, but it was a little it wasn't as dark and broody and Frank Miller esque. <laughs> so that was okay. interesting. Oh, okay. Sorry, my phone. Um, but yeah, it, and that, that that was interesting. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think I've read any of them, unfortunately, because I didn't start bec- reading comic books until the late 90s. And by then, I was only reading stuff that was like I find on like Borders bookstores and and, uh, yeah. and my local sh- shopping center because there was like no comic shops by, by where I live. So I really, yeah. unfortunately, missed this time. Um, and I'm tr- I've tried to go back and look for the collections and stuff, but they're so expensive on eBay. Um, yeah, they're hard to find because yeah. you know they're not in print anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, which uh, which that it goes into like also that they I know that they also did the I always mess up the how to pronounce the name, but the Amalgam Comics as well. They did mm-hmm. like during that time they also um, they also teamed up to do that imprint that where they combined a bunch of their characters. Like the I think the most iconic one is the Batman Wolverine uh, 
one that you always see like that one i think is the one that i see the most in terms of popping up that and like the superboy spider-man um, yeah that one i think is the most referenced um did you read any of those too um i tried <laughs> i really did it's um there's a point where you know i know comics are silly and stuff but it just became like okay this is a little too silly <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of the ideas were kind of kind of neat um i was very interested to see who they ended up merging together like they had a thor and orion become thor ryan <laughs> yeah and, the names uh, weren't the most created created when you look at it it's like you're definitely this is at least the names me looking at it from the um from further away since i never got to experience these comics i was like this feels like a fan fiction almost like when i look at those yeah. sometimes and the, and even the designs but it, again they they tried something and yeah it obviously like it's still a lot of people really enjoy it and talk about that mm-hmm. stuff so it's it's what you think of like the, I, I just pictured that like the amalgam comics as like that is night night total 90s like that's in that spawn <laughs> area of like th- these are like 90s ass characters that you could find um in terms of defining what conflicts were at the time um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think um, in terms of uh, outside after the Batman Daredevil, which I think was the last thing that they collaborated for a few years, but um, but over like right after that, they they were in talks of um, uh, creating this Justice League Avengers. I think this was what they wanted to culminate the, all their crossovers with, um, mm-hmm. and so they they were in talks with it, and even like initially when they were talking about this that they always intended Kirk Busiek to be the writer for this since he was writing, obviously writing that legendary Avengers run that he was working on. Mm-hmm. And then also have Mark Wade as the um, co-writer for him because he was writing justice league at, just league at the time. And so that I think uh, Mark Wade and Kirk Busiek had a working relationship with each other, um, even though they were obviously working for different companies. Um, and originally it was actually supposed to take place as a crossover in those justice league Avengers comic books that were three issues each, yeah. but the thing that stopped it from ever like happening within those the Avengers and Justice League comic book runs that were going on for Wade and Busick was that Marvel and DC couldn't ever work out a public like uh, publishing deal in terms of reprints because that that's yeah. where they're that's where they're like no we this is how like obviously money talks so it's always it's always a money issue so they didn't want to give up money how much money they they would have to reprint those issues and like you can't reprint the Avengers issues without the Justice League so obviously that caused a lot of headaches. So I think that's kind of, it seems like that that's what drew out the, um, the crossover from happening earlier when like Wade was Wade and uh, was specifically on justice league, because um, by the time that they officially greenlit the crossover, Wade jumped to cross gen and he had such a um, exclusive deal with them that was written in that he could not work for DC or any company. Yeah. He just could work for cross gen, which also happened to George Perez, but George Perez, this was his dream project um, that he always wanted to work on. So he he specifically put in his in his contract with uh, CrossGen that if DC and Marvel ever came together to um, work on a Justice League Avengers project, that he would be the artist if they if if they came to him. So like he would, they Marvel and DC obviously had to work out a deal with CrossGen that so that George Perez, because you know George Perez with his details and like he does all the mm-hmm. inking and all that stuff, so they had to work out a deal with CrossGen, but that that's the reason why even George Perez was able to work on this and not Mark Way because George Perez, this was like his dream project for him. So, mm-hmm. which is cool. And there's actually a really cool sci-fi article um, 
on on sci-fi's website um or sifis i'm not sure how you still say that but <laughs> um but yeah um that kirk music just talks about this entire crossover and they, he actually talks about what he intended to do with mark wade and also with george per getting george perez to come on and uh, mm -hmm. and a lot of background details i recommend people going back and reading because they, they go over all like the history of this of this series so um but yeah i think um I think that's pretty much in, in terms of like the history of this comic book. Did you um, originally read it while you uh, when it came out, or when did you, or when did you read it if you didn't? Um, I did not read it when it came out. I read it. I read it several years later. I just happened to find it at a um, at a uh, bookstore at, at one of the local malls. Which, given how rare it is now is kind of miraculous that I even found it there. And that yeah, was there like a Walden bookstore? Um, kind of like that, not Walden, uh, but we did have one of those in that mall um, at one time. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just found it and um, and I was like, this looks cool. Um, it was the, well, actually this book is actually, um, I mean, because when I was a little kid, I read like the, the comics they did for like Batman the Animated Series and Superman and and all that but I'd never actually read like a comic book proper until that one um now I knew who most of the characters were because of Justice League and because of you know that Avengers cartoon that used to air on Fox all those years ago that was not very good but you know it was, it was what we had <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I think Marvel Ultimate Alliance had come out before I read the book. So I, I had a better understanding of like the universe. And so I finally picked it up and I was like, okay, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll give it a go. This looks fun. And, um, well, you know, <laughs> it's hard to top that as far as reading experiences, but, um, that's like you starting and watching anime with cowboy bebop. That's like what I yeah. always think of. Like, you're like, you always exactly. are looking for that high again, <laughs> but you could never get that high, even though there's a lot of great stuff. You're like, but it's not, it's not Cowboy Bebop. It's not just League of Avengers. No, That's is, kind of what, it like. It is not. <laughs> and so, yeah, you definitely got spoiled on your first reading experience. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. for me, I honestly didn't read, like, read this probably, like, or until, like, around 2008, 2009 was mm -hmm. probably, like, when I picked up my uh, trade trade that I still have here. Um, there you go. <laughs> um, but I think that, yeah, that that's around the time that I read it because I didn't actually, like, I knew that they, this crossover happened, but I just like, was like, you know, it's going to be one of those rare comics that I could never read. So, but I randomly ended up finding this one at uh, Barnes and Noble like one day, and I was like, you know what? I got to pick it up. I got to pick it up. This is going to be like one of the only things. And uh, yeah, like you said, it's uh, it, it's a crazy crazy comic book. Just see, like, just looking at the cover right now and staring at, it, I'm just like, man, I can't <laughs> believe this happens, especially with how things are now. You're like, man, I can't believe that, you know, um, that. Marvel and DC were able to do this um, back then, just because that this feels like just reading it without any spoilers just feels like holy shit. This is like how comics would end. Like you're like this is the this is it. This yeah. is this is the culmination of everything that I've been reading. So um, even now, like having read it a couple times before this podcast, I'm just like, damn, this is just it still it still holds up so well um, um, in terms of things. But but yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. Um, and and yeah, I think that um, I'll reserve some spoil more spoiler talk here in a second. Um, but, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's very interesting that this just ended up happening between the two companies because 
they did a lot more stuff together than like even I thought that they did because I thought it was just a couple of one shots. But it is interesting yeah. to find out that Marvel and DC did have a working relationship for so long with, um, especially considering how both companies are run now and there is such a separation between them, um, yeah. which we'll talk about it at, uh, towards the end. So, um, but yeah, I just w- wanted to, that's our kind of history with it. That's the history of this mm-hmm. uh, series. And um, so uh, we could get into it. Um, so, um, first off, uh, the Justice League Avengers comic came out between 2003 and 2004. Um, mm-hmm. and it was all, uh, written by Kurt Busiek and uh, with artwork from George Perez and some coloring from Tom Smith um, and lettering by Richard Starkings. Um, so this story is basically about, um, it starts off as with Krona, who is one of the exiled guardians of the galaxy. Um, he is seeking out... Of oh, the universe. Um, yeah. We don't oh, yeah. confuse them. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, guardians of the universe. <laughs> Uh, sorry it's always in my head thank you for catching that Uh, but yeah he's a exiled guardian of the universe um he basically is traveling across the uh, multiverse just trying to figure out what the creation is all about so and that's pretty much what launches this entire thing and he is going through every single universe that he can and just basically goes to it and finds what he needs and is just destroys it and um that is until he gets to the marvel universe and like when he gets to the marvel universe he comes across the grant um, the Grandmaster, um, mm-hmm. and and the Grandmaster, you could tell like he automatically he's like this dude is trouble. He's going he's going to fuck things up, and um, mm-hmm. so he quickly comes up and gets him gets Krona, uh, Krona to hey let's play a game and this will decide the fate of our universe and um, and and yeah and that and Grandmaster basically does that not because he thinks he could win but he's like I need to buy myself time to figure out how to beat Krona and like, so that he doesn't destroy the Marvel universe basically. So, um, so, and that's basically it. And the, obviously it just pulls in the Avengers and, and Justice League members um, to, as like for a good part of the, the, I think the first half of the story is about them trying to get 12 different items that six on each universe that are important. That is like the book of eternity, uh, the Green Lantern power ring, uh, the infinity gems and stuff like that. There's, there's a long, like all basically anything you think of iconic for from both universes. That's what they're that's what they're gathering together, which leads to a lot of fun uh, things that end up happening within the story. I think, um, and but yeah, that's pretty much what the story is about. Um, and they just go from there. Uh, what what did you what did you overall think of this story in terms of how 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 it went in terms of story um, structure? Um. Well, for crossover comics like this, I mean, there's kind of a, there's kind of a formula that's pretty tried and true that like, you know, you have your heroes, they have a misunderstanding, they fight each other, and then they come together and they beat the bad guy and then everything's okay and the world is saved and blah, blah, blah. Um, And this definitely follows that trend. But... um, me being as big a fan of Marvel and DC as I am, um, like this is, I don't think I've ever had more joy reading a comic book in my life. Um, every, like every, like every panel almost has something that just makes me go, ah, I know what that is. <laughs> and so it's a lot of fun, but other than just like the fun, like nerdy stuff that, you know, people like you and I would notice. Um, I think it is a very good, like, kind of exploration of what makes these two universes um, so different. Um, I really love the 
the part like uh, when the Flash arrives and where, um, what is it, Blue Valley, where he lives in DC Universe? Uh, uh, Co- uh, Coast City? Or no, not Coast City. Um, sorry. Um, but yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, where he, where he would live um, and he goes to the Marvel Universe where it should be and he finds people uh, coming after this kid who's turned into a mutant or his mutant powers have activated. And he comes back and he's like, yeah, they're all crazy and they just hate everybody over there. And they beat me up after I tried to save this kid. And I was like, well, you know, it would make sense that someone like him would think that because the Marvel Universe, unfortunately, has a lot of people like that um, because it reflects more of, of our world, unfortunately, in a lot of ways. Or DCs is more like, you know, they have bigger buildings and there's all these like people worship the superheroes and all that. And you can see why someone like Captain America, you know, who fought the Nazis would take would not take kindly to that idea. And um, it's just. And yeah, and I think that yeah. kind of speaks to, um, I think, one of the big themes, especially, like I think the, in the first two issues of the of this crossover is just kind of what makes them so, such different universes, because you could we could say hey it would be so cool if batman ended up ever in the marvel if they marvel bought them but you're like <laughs> sometimes you read these type of comics and you're like you know what they wouldn't work in each other's universes because they are specifically built for their own universe and you could kind of tell that especially when they first meet up with each other that the you like kirk Busick and george press that's the do such a great job in terms of when and during their first clash that it's a battle of people that are seen as gods whereas other people that are seen more as like these are these are us these are people these are supposed to be like regular people obviously they have superpowers mm-hmm. we can't relate to that type of stuff but <laughs> they are more grounded in terms of the reality that they live in whereas the justice league are seen as greek gods basically they are modern day greek yeah. gods they are these representations that everybody just looks up to they admire um and at different degrees but but they are in that position of they are like Greek gods, you know, um, mm-hmm. whether they have powers or not, that's who they are. That's what they, like the, the symbols on their chest yeah. represent. Whereas the Avengers and even like when they bring in like stuff with about the X-Men or Spider-Man or stuff like that, they are more supposed to be us and they're supposed to deal with the problems mm-hmm. that we deal with. Um, and so it's always like, it's a very interesting, like even when like, I think, what is it? Superman that tells the uh, Avengers that you guys, you guys, you guys are not doing a good job of protecting your world. Like, it's completely chaotic we we have to even stop like the, the justice league almost come in thinking that they have to stop the avengers because they're like you right. guys aren't doing you're you guys aren't doing the job of a superhero basically and that kind mm-hmm. of just leads to the entire misunderstanding and the the, the first two fights i would say that is kind of that about them establishing hey the, the, this is what makes each team different obviously they mm-hmm. later on they come together and they do understand each other they grow like as they interact with each other but it's always very interesting to see this kind of being defined as like, this is why the Justice League and Avengers are so different uh, from, right. from one another. And, um, and even their universes are so different because they, there's obviously the one more that's on the God level. And we see that with like stuff with um, Dark Knight's death metal that just happened um, that just yeah. goes all in on that, goes all in on that <laughs> stuff. Whereas um, where um, you see with like King and Black too, that, they're not ready for that cosmic level stuff. Um, so I think you see right. that even now. You, you even see that yeah. now that of how the <laughs> Avengers and Justice League each deal with their own events that happen in their universes. And this mm-hmm. comic book, I think, just does such a good job of summarizing what makes them different. Yeah, and I think that um, it's interesting because um, 
I think B Kurt Busiek has a really good handle on everybody's personality, which is very important. Um, because even if you look at the way, um, like when, because those two, like Grant Morrison relaunched Justice League and Kurt Busiek relaunched the Avengers about the same time, I think, in the 90s. And Morrison really set up the Justice League, like he said, like as, like as a pantheon of gods, like, you know, they had the big seven, like the biggest superheroes in that in those universes, um, it was very mythic, very Grant Morrison. But um, Busiek's Avengers was more like um, I don't want to say it was like a soap opera, but it kind of was, uh, where like he really got into like their personal problems and their interactions with each other. But also, it had you know the punching and kicking and powers that comic books are supposed to have. I think Busiek and, is like the. I think Busiek was probably like one of the. And like obviously we're gonna have some friends that will argue with us, but music was like one of the first that brought in like Spider-Man and X-Men elements more to the, right. the Avengers. Where it's like yeah. Avengers were like I've read like a lot of older Avengers comics before B6's run, and it, it feels like straight up superhero is like what I expect mm -hmm. a Marvel superhero to be, comic book in yeah. terms of storytelling. Um, but music, I feel like he started seeing, hey, let me bring in some Spider-Man and X-Men. What makes them work so well? because yeah. they connect with the reader they like mm -hmm. these these are people at the end of the day and mm -hmm. um i think music always like that's why music's avengers run is still like one of my favorite things that that i have read in terms of avengers comics um because he he understands this is why things work in the marvel universe because people connect with these characters people mm -hmm. and i think he does such a good job in terms of that stuff whereas like you said morrison was establish more of the god like the justice league as gods and i think wade continued that in his run as well in terms of mm -hmm. storytelling and just the way he portrayed every single character um so yeah that's always a very interesting thing to, to see play out um yeah, but and I, I and that actually led to a couple of cool things too of um even in the first confrontations where you see how almost everybody gets into a fight and like bo both times they like they can't like thor and superman they straight up see each other and we're like we're fighting and but then you have the one big difference in those fights is that batman and captain america and which yeah. is probably like my my favorite still i geek out so <laughs> much of like their no non-fight that they have because it's all mental they're like we know we're, we could fight for hours and hours and hours and like even batman's like i know captain america you could probably beat me because you obviously have your super soldier serum but it's gonna take you forever and we're going to yeah. be here forever because we're going to just <laughs> battle it out. Where that's how that's how top tier we are in terms of fighters. But um, I I just like that they play it out in their heads of mm -hmm. these are the moves that we're going to make. These are the things and everything. And they're countering each other before without even um, just looking at each other. Basically, they're just already countering each other in their heads. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, you know what? We're just wasting our time. Let, let's let the others fight each other. And let's us <laughs> go to go figure out what the hell is actually going on. And I think that is always like my favorite, one of my favorite moments of this uh, uh, comic book uh, crossover is that is just that idea of like Captain America and Batman are kind of built built in the room of like, hey, yeah. if we just we're, we are smart. Let, let's and we're both kind of the leaders of our groups. Let's go be leaders and figure this out while everybody else is distracted because even like they know that they can't tell Superman, Thor, and the others of like. Hey, there's something going on. We shouldn't be fighting. They're like, yeah. You almost think that they know that they have to be fighting with each other, and the people that are having them cr like cross over with each other is they want them to fight, and they need the others to distract, like whoever's doing this to them. 
so that mm-hmm. they could get the like figure out what's going on so and i always thought that was like such a cool thing that music decided to do of like yeah these two characters that obviously could have stopped the fight but they didn't because they're like there's something bigger <laughs> going on yeah where of course you know for batman it's obvious that he would be like oh you know i i can do this by myself you know i don't need to tell everybody else but cap for captain america to go along with it it's like yeah they i think they know that something's up and they have to let everybody else fight um and that's really cool and now for me of course when i when i think of like the two i guess the trinities the dc and marvel uh big three superheroes um i always associate uh captain america more with superman than batman uh personally but um and they do get into that later on of like why they're the two ones that like have the the biggest like personality clash but um, it was nice to see Captain America and Batman together because they also have a lot of uh, a lot of things in common. Yeah, I think, and that, and just going into the Trinity discussion too is that that's what's so interesting when you see them actually interacting with each other, and you see specifically mm-hmm. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and then Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. Like, what I always find cool about it, and I bring up in discussions too, is that th- those two Trinities kind of don't they don't marry each other in terms of like right. the, the Thor is Wonder Woman. Superman is Captain America or whatever. No, they're not. Yeah. They're they each have kind of a mix of each other's. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> like because like you have Wonder Woman where she obviously has like power similar to Thor in terms of power level. That's kind of where you, you see her like you see both of them as like matching each other in fights. But mm-hmm. then you're like her history is more kind of like Captain America, yeah. and and she kind of <laughs> is more in terms of even fighting and like leading she is kind of like iron man she in, the, in terms of personality and especially in within the trinity group she's more of a personality of tony stark a little bit um and then you have superman who whose personality and everything is more captain america but his power is closer to thor and thor and, and, yeah. thor and stuff like that so you have a lot of interesting and and Busick actually does play a good really good job playing with that type of thing that he understands hey these characters, even though there's this holy trinity at the at both companies, you could have them interacting with each other and have so many different uh, in, um, conversations that are totally in line with each other that are going to be each different. Like you have specifically Captain America has different the way he interacts with Superman is totally different the way with that he interacts with Batman, and mm-hmm. and, and vice versa. It's like Superman interacts very differently with Thor than when Captain America there's like there's there's a lot of differences which is I think is just so cool because you're like oh yeah these characters are at the end of the day people and they all have different personalities even though you're like from just a glance you you see them as hey this is who they are this is their counterpart or whatever but at the, yeah when you look into it further they're not there's like much more character like I guess you could say in uh in each of the each of these heroes mm-hmm. that's right yeah, and and in general, I, I also like how even though this is Justice League Avengers, also that um, um, and mostly focuses on them. I, I do like how Busick ends up uh, bringing in other characters, like the Fantastic Four. Like one, that's another great scene of Ben, ben Graham coming to the Batcave. That that's another mm-hmm. standout moment of just Busick understands this is how I need to use other characters in these universe because this is a uh, marvel dc crossover so i need to use the entire thing is just it shouldn't yeah. be a justice league avengers so <laughs> he does such a good job of picking the moments to have like the fantastic four up here the x-men up here or the teen titans up here like all these characters and um it, it's always it, it was so it, it's that and that i think adds so much fun to it because you're like you never know what other characters outside of these uh, these two groups will be appearing in this crossover right it's always a surprise. <laughs> yeah, and I think the other, like, I think one of the biggest one is like, 
like the other thing that stands out to me is is the way uh, Busick uses Darkseid in the story and like the mm-hmm. what, what, the moment where <laughs> where Darkseid gets the Infinity Gauntlet and the gems and tries to use it, um, mm-hmm. and he, and then he gets told that's a useless item because it's in the DC universe. You're like, oh, that, that that's right, it wouldn't work, <laughs> and then. Um, and that that's such a cool thing of like a cool way to use a, a big time villain and mm-hmm. and have and make kind of kind of make fun of the infinity gauntlet a little bit but at the same time it's like it also establishes the idea that both universe i think you mentioned it earlier that both universes work differently that mm-hmm. and then you see that later on too when like they have the fight in the savage land um mm-hmm. that once they fight in the savage land quicksilver actually gets faster than than um, uh, the Flash because yeah. speed, speed Force doesn't exist in the Marvel universes and there's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of instances where music plays with like oh well, yeah when they're in each other's universes their powers don't work the same or right. things or or items don't work the way that they are intended to in the in their specific where where they were created or where they're from yeah and um, like magic works differently in the DC universe so when the Scarlet Witch is there she's like oh my god, like, did so much, and, you know, she's looking like a zombie by the, by the time that they finally go to the Savage Land, and she's, like, she's super extra powerful, but it's just, like, taking such a huge cost on her, because she doesn't know how to use that magic, and I thought that was really interesting as well, where she gains something, the Flash loses his super speed, and so it kind of ultimately evens it out, because she's the one who stops the first big fight, because she, like, flips out, and, you know, it's weird that, you know, her flipping out, like, now it kind of inspires, like, dread because of what ended up happening with her. But it was, it was, it was really cool at the moment. <laughs> yeah, and, and actually, you know, that, that's a good thing. The point, too, is that, it's like, with Scarlet Witch is that you kind of see that moment and you're like, fuck, this is the, was this kind of the thing that kind of almost inspired what we know <laughs> happens later on? Because she does have that freakout moment because she does feel, mm-hmm. like, OP'd. She does get, like, OP'd in the story and, like, Mm-hmm. The story, she's actually probably one of the outside of the big three in each universe in each team is that she's probably like one of the more important characters um, mm-hmm. because of how powerful she is. And like music yeah. does treat her with like she is one of the most powerful characters in either universe. And which is I, I always, and that, I think that's kind of what makes me love like Scarlet Witch so much is that she is such a mm-hmm. powerful character, but she is like outside of the house of M garbage and or things that nonsense that went on with that. She has yeah. always like maintained a control about herself too. That, and you see that in the story too, of like, she is in control. Even when she's freaked out, she is able mm-hmm. to find, figure out a way to use her powers to like, just stop the fight. Um, yeah. And doesn't go over, doesn't go over the top. Like doesn't end up wiping out the universe or wiping out like the justice. League. Right. <laughs> she doesn't go that crazy. Yeah. Um, but but it, it it was very cool just to see how how music was using all like the other characters in this story like mm-hmm. Arrow and Hawkeye have such cool moments of like yeah uh, or like when Hawkeye first fights Flash he like it, he uses stuff like that Captain Boomerang would use and he's like I've seen this before and um and they have and I think Green Arrow and, and Hawkeye especially like later on have an interesting dynamic when when all the universes are colliding with each other and continuity is like just fucking up um it's yeah. always it, 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 it's just so cool to see how things things end up going as the story progresses definitely especially with those two because i think they have the uh, probably the most entertaining uh entertaining dynamic of everybody um because they are always at it and it's 
it's interesting to see just how alike they really are. I mean, you know, um, Green Arrow is more, um, he's more political, I guess, because he makes a comment like when they first go to the Avengers base about uh, Jarvis and, you know, the hired help for the ex-munitions dealer and blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, they're just two loudmouths who just want to prove that they're better than the other one. Yeah, they, really have, a- they, they, <laughs> they are the they are the ones in their groups that don't have any powers and and they have or they always mm-hmm. feel like something to prove they they have because they right. are they aren't seen like batman and captain america where batman and captain america even though batman specifically doesn't have any superpowers everybody respects him everybody understands he is uh-huh. the guy that we need to listen to in the room even though he's the yeah. one without powers green arrow isn't that he's the guy that <laughs> no one really listens to ever He's just yeah. a loud mouth on the team. They're like, okay, just talk, just say what you're going to say, and then we'll move on. Um, yeah. And that's kind of green. And then Hawkeye is kind of like that, too. He's the loud mouth of the group, too, of like, all right, we'll listen to you, but all right, we'll, we'll move on yeah. after whatever you say. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, I think, I think yeah. that – I think Music had a lot of fun with that, like playing with those two characters specifically. I think there's a lot of little little things he does with those two in in, uh, in each issue that you're like, oh, and he, he does enjoy writing, like – these characters that are similar with each other so um yeah and yeah. it's 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 so funny when um they have that big um like when like when reality like in the third issue breaks like right with superman and captain america are arguing it's green arrow and hawkeye who are like what's going on why can't we all get along <laughs> they've been fighting each other the whole time <laughs> i thought that yeah. was a nice uh, the cute little uh, cute little moment yeah, and that, that, that is so cool. And I think that shows also, like, when, especially, like, when the third issue, when it breaks, that, like, music does understand um, both universes so well because, like, the, mm-hmm. that third issue kind of almost feels like, and I, this is something I've been reading more now that I have, like, the DC Unlimited thing mm-hmm. or DC Universe uh, streaming service is that reading the old Justice League and um, Justice Society crossovers that they mm-hmm. used to have, like, in the 60s, 70s, before the Crisis on Infinite Earths. So there's a very much a tone of that when it comes to the, the, that third issue of, mm-hmm. hey, let's have fun. What would happen if these two teams were friendly with each other? They existed in the same universe, and they just reunited for, like, a Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever. What would that reunion yeah. be like? And he has, he has fun playing with, like, this is what, how they would probably end up interacting if they ever ended up in the same universe, and it, it wouldn't be a civil war it wouldn't be it, it wouldn't be that it would be hey you know what they're they're superheroes they're they have their own thing that they got to take care of and they when they when they meet up with each other it's not going to be a fight like we saw in the first two issues it, it's they, yeah. if they existed with each other they they would have the obviously there's disagreements but at the end of the day they know that they're superheroes they, they will get along and so it was actually really interesting that like mixing in that third issue right after what we saw in the first two issues yeah and um and it is kind of, and you know it's a lot like the JLA JSA crossovers, the old ones, because they even have a moment where like they they finally meet up, and um, Hal Jordan says something about yeah, it's nice to to come visit you on Earth Two, Iron Man. Iron Man's like no, Hal, you're Earth Two, we're Earth One, and I'm like that's so great, that's so like Silver Age goofiness that I just love from my superhero comics. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it's very cool because it's like it, it gets into that of like just understanding hey th- this is what they are and let's just yeah. have fun with it this is going <laughs> this is a ridic- ridiculous thing you just say justice league avengers out loud and you're just like that'll never happen but then you see it happen and you're like this is so cool and let- yeah. let's see how much fun we could have with them and it just go- goes into <laughs> this at the end of the day this crossover is just fun it's just 
pure yeah, fun. Exactly. It has has a lot of it will have silly moments, but it all just worked together because you're like you get into this world. Like music does such a good job of getting into the world. And I think mm-hmm. the other strength of this entire thing outside of music's writing is just George Perez's amazing artwork. Like yes, George Perez does absolutely. such an awesome job making you feel that these two universes could coexist with each other. Like the, mm-hmm. there's like a there's a style that he brings into it where I think that sometimes you sometimes see that with um when I always think of uh, the Teenage Mutant Turtle crossover that happened back in the uh, the 2003 series of um, yeah. that you have all these different styles and each of these um, universes kind of are very different in terms of tone mm-hmm. and, and look and everything. But George Perez does such a good job of making it all fit together. Like they, they should exist mm-hmm. with each other. These, these aren't foreign things. These are, they, they kind of they, they fit at the end of the day like a tetris piece that it just all looks so wonderful he does yeah. such a good job giving detail to all the characters he res- like he because he also he worked on both universes mm-hmm. he knows how to draw these characters he knows yeah. how to make them Absolutely. as iconic as possible like these are the most icon- like when you look at this comic book, these are the most iconic versions of these characters this is how you picture mm-hmm. these characters to look and he does such right. a good job mix- mixing them together of like hey you know what it's not it doesn't feel weird that Batman, Thor, and Superman are, are fighting each other because there's a specific style that George Perez establishes. That oh yeah, this is this is such a cool thing. You don't think of like that them existing different universes. You're just thinking of what's going on. Yeah, exactly. And another thing is like, and this is, um, I guess you could sense it on both, but especially for George Perez, you can just tell that they just really love these characters and these universes. Because, um, you know, they treat them with the utmost respect. They always do their best to make them either um, look cool or just sound like, sound like them. Like Superman sounds like Superman. Captain America sounds like Captain America. And it's like, they, I feel like B6 approaches are like, okay, let's do, let's think of like everything we could possibly do, putting these two teams together and just do it, you know. And it was all for the fans. It was all for, you know, um, it didn't feel like it was for the money or some corporate, like, like the two companies had like, all right, we're going to have all these competing notes and you have to do this, you have to do that. I felt like they really let them just go, you know, crazy with it almost. But it ultimately, it still made sense because it was all like well-written, like having, um, having the guy, having the person or being that Krona was after be Galactus because he was the previous survivor of the original universe makes sense it's it really delves into a part of marvel universe lore that a lot of people may not know um and i really enjoyed that i like that um well corona himself is just a callback to crisis on infinite earths and having like the hand and then um the voice of from the marvel universe which i guess is supposed to be the phoenix force i don't know uh, yeah I, I would prob- probably i would have to look into that more um my yeah uh, but but yeah, I think it, it, he work, He does a good job in working in um, kind of both universes are so different, but at the end of the day, they are kind of equals. Um, yeah. Even though you have like characters like Superman and Wonder Woman, obviously that kind of tip the scales in terms of power level for the actual heroes themselves. But then there's elements of um, for in the universes that kind of just make them equal where you have the source wall in, in, the, DC, uh, in the DC universe, but then you also have uh, the Infinity Gauntlet and Gems, and they're, they're all treated kind of with this reverence. You're like, these are the ultimate items in each universe, and they're all like almost the same level, yeah. basically. So, even though there, there are these characters that obviously 
Superman could solve, like we say in almost every crossover, Superman could just save the entire universe if he just showed up in the first issue. But that's not what this is about. This is about like the reverence of both universes, about establishing, hey, these are universes that are equal at the end of the day. And they are different and they all have different types of characters. But at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're basically equal in terms of what they, what they represent. Um, and right. that, that's really cool. And that just kind of leads into that fourth issue of when they both team up and it just goes balls to the wall, crisis level, end of the, uni- end of the multiverse type deal of like, you mm-hmm. go through three issues of them going from fighting to seeing them um, being friends with each other. And then you're like, these guys have been through so much. You, you feel it by that fourth issue. They've been through so much yeah. together already. You feel like mm-hmm. they've been on a journey. These guys have been together forever. You almost feel like they've been together for basically their entire lives by the end because they have yeah. gone on that kind of Lord of the Rings type journey of like, let's, let's go. Let's go to this final thing of like, let's all work together to, to accomplish what we, we need to so that we save our universe because we've gone through so much together already by this yeah. point. So, and I... And basically, and George Perez, like that, I just go back to George Perez doing that. I think that's what George Perez does such a good job of. Like, he makes it look like they go through so much in these, in those first three issues that um, he, because of how he, like, it never feels like clutter when he, like, he draws, draws something. Um, like, mm-hmm. like everything has a purpose in, in the pages. Everything feels like you, oh, there's always something going on in the background and in the foreground. Mm-hmm. And, it just never, I think there's sometimes with these types of events that you want to fit as much stuff as possible. So they become cluttered. Like there's pages that mm-hmm. do become cluttered, but you never feel that in this comic book. You always feel like there's a purpose to everything that you're seeing on, on the page. And, right. um, and I think that goes into that fourth issue where it just goes insane of like so many amazing moments, like the Captain America Superman one was the, I think my favorite of that. It's yeah. like when Captain America and Superman have that discussion of, that's where just going back to it of Captain America understanding his role. He's he is the ultimate leader, and like that's what Busick treats him as. Is that mm-hmm. Captain America? He is the guy that everyone's gonna listen to in both universes, and he knows that he's not gonna like physically. He cannot uh, do much in the on the battlefield, but he knows that he can't provide that leadership, that voice of like this is what we gotta do, guys. And mm-hmm. even when things look desperate he's going to be that voice that or he gives that inspirational speech that Cap- we know yeah. captain america gives but he's going to give that inspirational speech because those are the words that people need to hear at the time and he even tells superman this is my role this is what i need to do but you have to be the tank you have to be the guy that's that's <laughs> that everybody sees in front they have to see that s shield leading the way in terms of the fight fight itself and yeah. i need you there because you're going to be the guy that pushes everybody to continue pushing on in terms of fighting so and i think that's a super cool moment and even like superman saying yep i i totally agree this we we are each our leaders of our universes and this is what we represent and how we need to approach this battle so that we we make sure everybody else um continues fighting and doesn't give up and like that that makes that moment where captain america gives the shield to superman it's just like oh my god that is so amazing yeah that's you know reading it again i mean i've read this book and it has to be close to a hundred times. Like it's, it's getting a little worn out. So I'm kind of worried about picking it up again. Cause I don't want to like ruin it. But every time I see that part where like, you know, they, well, there's two parts that make me geek out so hard. The first is like when he takes the shield from Captain America. And then the moment where 
like they storm onto the battlefield and you get that big Avengers assemble like splash shot. It was it was so cool. Yeah. And I'm I'm geeking out just thinking about it. It was so awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, it, <laughs> and it's and all the just Justice a... League are saying that. Like Superman and Batman and Green Lantern and and all that. It's us. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it just and I think that and well, we could talk about that in the movie at some other point down the line, but I think that's kind of mm-hmm. what Avengers Endgame did such a good job of, like, yeah. having this amazing moment of building up, of, like, when you hear those words of, like, that rallying mm-hmm. cry, you're like, fuck, yeah, this is what we <laughs> all wanted, this is what we wanted, and that's kind of what the, that, that moment is, is that this is what we always wanted to see, this is what mm-hmm. we all picture when we talk, like, we talk with our friends of, like, what would happen if the Justice League Avengers um, would would team up what would happen that's what would happen is that rallying cry of like superman leading the charge uh and calling out avengers assembly you're like yes that that's what i want that that is what i want and like music and perez just capture that in terms of like just the mm-hmm. writing of that in terms of how it looks you're like this is what i want to see absolutely so, and, and yeah and just, I, um yeah yeah and i think from there just that final battle is just like a huge there's just such a escalate like even though it starts off huge with that moment there's a sense of escalation that it keeps getting bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger and just like uh like both Perez and music do such a good job of like topping each other every almost every page feels like they're topping each other they're like oh this is what we did in this page but how about if we did this how about yeah. if we showed this <laughs> this is gonna be even bigger this is gonna be even cooler and you have so many moments of that of like that they're just it just feels like every page there is trying to top what what just happened yeah and they and it makes sense because um because uh krona krona is busy he's trying to get the the two universes um the, well i guess what is it the two like aspects of the universe is like eternity and um and kismet it's a name i have not heard in a long time <laughs> um where he's trying to get them to reveal their secrets to him and he's you know he's going crazy with his his power and so he um like it is like an escalation. You start with like the, the um the low level like mooks like AIM and uh, Hydra and uh, um, people like that. But then it gets to like kind of low level supervillains, and then you've got like, um, <laughs> it gets to a point where it's like a, a Surtur uh, from a- Asgard, and then um, Count Nefaria and all these other people. You're like Jesus Christ, he's got everybody in there. <laughs> yeah the, like like all, all these villains that yeah he just it, like it does such a good job of like even the villains that that he uses he he there's a purpose to them that he, mm-hmm. they're like it's almost like video games you got to have boss levels of like these are the the starting level these are the grunts but then there's these <laughs> these mid-level bosses that like are get introduced and the heroes need to fight and then there's it leads to like different combinations where you see like the x-men avengers justice league teen titans and, and all these different teams, like there's different combinations that he works in, but at the same time, you see combinations that Busick and, and Perez have been working, building to, to just going back to the Hawkeye Green Arrow. There's like the when they're standing back to back to each other, you're like, yep. holy shit, this is kind of, this is so cool because we've seen them yeah. interacting with each other so much. And the same thing with um uh like you, you see that with other characters as well, that they're just teaming up and it just plays so well with each other that yeah. Um, at the end of the day, it just this is what the first three issues were building up to at the end of the day. And I think that the other cool thing that he does is when like reality starts coming apart again, you see flashes of their 
other versions of these characters like superman gets them you get the mullet superman at, like at, at, at a certain point or you get thor returning to kind of more his original look and like there, there's a, such a cool like there's so many little cool moments that were i think that just goes back to your why i just i want i keep saying perez's name is because perez does such a good job of understanding this is how they looked at the time and when things get even silly let me take let, let me take full advantage of the silliness and let me show mm. all the different versions of these characters that there's so many different incarnations of because they've had these little <laughs> tweaks and all this stuff to their costumes and things like that. And let me do that mm. and let me make that fit into the story in a, a way that makes it all the, everything that's going on so cool and so epic and that it feels like the end yeah. of the universe that it just leads into the whole um like flash saving hawkeye like which also a moment like there's that one panel where that happens and that's like a payoff of what the f- they were the ones that fought each other in the, in the first battle mm-hmm. it's just a l- little things like that you got like that are are done in the conflict that you're just like oh yeah th- this is um this is what they were getting to like at the mm-hmm. end of the day this is what every there was a purpose to everything that you, you see play out from the beginning to the end right and um and also there's um uh BC and Perez are very clever with some of the stuff that they do because there's um like there's little like flashes of like things happening in the background but there's one that I really love where it has um um someone says Captain Marvel look out and you've got um Marvel um the Marvel Captain Marvel before Carol Danvers and he's punching out Black Adam and then you have DC's Captain Marvel, like Shazam now, punching out, uh, I think it was Ronan the Accuser. And they're like, thanks. But then even in the background, they have a photon flying and she's blasting like Sinestro or something. And she was Captain Marvel too. And it's just like, like this is, it's, it's great. Because it's such like a, a nerd thing where you have the thing in the foreground and then even in the background, it's like, oh, and there's Captain Marvel too. They're all in one shot. Yeah, um, which is crazy to think like, oh yeah, you have these Captain Marvels that are just, hey Captain Marvel, what's up Captain Marvel? Oh, thanks for for backing me up there. Yeah, yeah you're like, oh yeah, there. It, it's yeah. it's little things like that. You're just like, oh my god, this is so cool, and you're like, oh, like you can't like you could see that maybe, and if we got a movie of the, of this ever end up happening, but this like this is why like comic books is such a cool medium because you could have these type mm-hmm. of things, and you don't have to have to be like. Oh, but we only have this budget. We ha- we have an unlimited budget. Right. Our only budget is how much how much Perez could pack into this, how much mm-hmm. Pizza could pack into this in terms of the writing, in terms of the artwork. So, mm-hmm. um, and they just go balls to the wall of like this is what we're going to do. Um, so it, it's like it's very cool to see um, them uh, ta- tackle it in the way that they do. Um, so, but and and I think that just all leads up to the moment where like it all looks like everything's going to not work out for them. And mm-hmm. what's the big moment that ends up turning things around is, uh, is Superman picking up Thor's hammer. You're like, yep. you're, you're just like, what? The, oh my God. <laughs> and it just makes, it's kind of, it's like Captain America and Endgame again of like, oh my God, this is what, like, even when we had the fight in the Savage Line, this is kind of what was being teased and actually happened. This is yeah. so amazing seeing Superman wield Thor's hammer and Captain America shield at the same time. You have that epic shot. I think it's probably like probably the most epic shot of the entire thing of him with both yeah. handling both uh, items from the <laughs> Marvel universe. And you're less like, oh my god, this is so so cool and such a cool way to like 
get into the ending of of the entire thing where they do end up saving the day you just just feel like you had such a high you, you're like yeah. you're on this high and the, and then that that ending it just feels like this they they did they, they did the thing at the end of the day yeah absolutely so and i do i do like that um because they almost don't win because Krona, um who hasn't been much involved in the fight they finally get to his uh his little hideout and he just like takes them all out and it's like you know like like you think i haven't seen what you're doing like i've got all these artifacts i've got all this power i've got all your universes combined and i'm destroying all your universes and it's like whatever but then this little arrow whizzes by his face and cracks the the, the little globe the glass thing that he's got that contains all the artifacts and it's Hawkeye and Flash. And you're like, of all the people who would defeat him, it was an arrow from Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, oh, it's, yeah. Hawkeye, it's Hawkeye. And it also works in like the Flash where you're always like, when crisis level events happen, yeah, Flash right. is always such a big part of how that, those stories end. So music does such a good job of working elements from both universes of like this is what you would think of events would happen and like this yeah. is the craziness that how events both in both universes <laughs> would ha- end up and you, you, at the end of the day the way things end in the dc universe is with the flat and whatever flash does is like yep. such a monumental thing and flash gets his big moment and he doesn't die in the end either so there, there's, there's right. oh, and, it was, <laughs> and it was the barry allen flash too which was I mean, he yeah. was dead at the time so that was uh, that was a big deal that he ended up saving the day like that and um yeah, which just oh, goes yeah. back to like how uh, we see that going back and forth of like when reality is tearing apart, you see like Kyle Rayner turn into Hal Jordan and uh, all these yeah. like little things of like, oh yeah, he, their pain, res- like at the end of the day, they respect these universes so much. Like, mm-hmm. like there's so much respect paid at, and that like when you have those hype moments, you're like, they, they feel deserved because there is a sense of respect from this creative team that they're equals at the end of the day. There's no like, um there there's a sense of yeah these these teams that are so different and have so many different power sets have are seen differently in their universes at the end of the day they are when they when you see them on the same page they are equals there's no there's no difference between them at the end of the day um and so and i think that's overall what this event does such a good job of like hey at the end of the day these teams represent something and they represent the best uh, like mm-hmm. that, that these universes have, like even with all the problems that both universes have respectively, <laughs> they, at the end of the day, they are the best of, of this and they, yeah. they will be the ones that at the front lines of saving the universe. So, which I, I just think is just an amazing thing. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much, um, do you have any last thoughts on um, the events itself? Um, I mean, it's just, it really, it's, it's something that, you know, we can, we could probably sit and talk at like pick apart like page after page, probably all day long of this stuff that's like really cool or um, kind of impactful. Like if you're a longtime fan, there's some stuff that you'll be like, um, it'll just probably like blow your mind that that's in there wherever they, they managed to fit it in. Um, I still find stuff now after reading it as much as I have. Like I finally noticed like two readings ago that vibe is actually in there but Perez hates Vibe so much that he only like, there was an explosion page and you see the bottom half of his legs 
and that was Vibe's only appearance in the story. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know that. That's uh, that's, uh, that's actually really interesting. I'm gonna have to look. Don't tell me which panel it is. I'll look for it. I don't but, know. It's that, in the fourth issue. But we'll, it's a fourth issue. Okay, was, I'll look. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can find it. But yeah, that, <laughs> that's actually a cool thing. And again, that's just packing in just how much love there is um, to the to both both sides of the of the story. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, and I think um, in terms of just what's happened since then, like I, I mentioned before, um, just getting into kind of the aftermath of this and what DC and Marvel have done in terms of referencing each other since then is that um, you, we've seen it kind of a, a lot sparingly, like especially whenever they have big events, DC specifically, whenever they have crisis level events, they kind of will drop mentions of the Marvel Universe existing in their multiverse. Um, yeah. And I think we've seen that most recently with like Grant Morrison during his Multiversity uh, uh, series. I'm not sure if you read that, but um, he had like... He had different references in the multiverse of of the Avengers existing somewhere, and even like with yeah. Earth Eight in the Multiversity comic that was featured there was an Avengers like team. There was almost exactly like the there was like some design differences, but these were like Avengers. They they were the Avengers, yeah. and then like most recently, like um, I think you and Rock covered it during uh, the Comic Book Revolution podcast of the um, no just like. Um, Scott Snyder's No Justice and his entire Justice League run going up to Dark Knight mm-hmm. Metal or Death Metal of he's referenced the Marvel Universe existing beyond the source wall and all that stuff and so there's been yeah. or, or like DC I think has done more in terms of referencing the DC Universe just because that's the nature of the of DC Comics that they have the multiverse and they've gone more into the multiverse but I think we've seen Marvel do that too especially now that they are dealing with the multiverse that the MCU has allowed yeah. them to open things up I think we see that more they're diving more into the multiverse of the Marvel universe a lot more now um, outside mm-hmm. of just being, Oh, these are uh, um, like Marvel, Marvel, the ultimate universe or anything like that. They've, I think Jonathan Hickman has been key in that of yeah. like, we have a multiverse. Let's just use it. We have so many different earths. And we most recently saw that with uh, Donnie Cates. I'm not sure if you're reading his, are you reading his store run right now? Um, I started reading it. I've kind of dropped out, not because it's bad at all. It's amazing. I think Donnie just catching up. just in general is amazing. It's just yeah, like and, a little bit behind. But again, yeah. um, I think, oh, did you read Thor number two? Did you see the reference to in Thor and Donnie Kate's Thor number two to the Justice League when uh, uh, Thor is doing his whole um, Herald, Herald of Galactus thing where he's going to different universes to, or to different worlds to eat them up? There's an actual Earth that that is you see metropolis in the daily planet and then you see superman flash and green lantern at least their energies the, yeah. the different energies that they were represent like you see that in there which is kind really? of teasing out there's teasing out that the dc universe <laughs> exists somewhere there so and kind of going into the whole Fortnite thing and all that stuff but but yeah, yeah. it's just it's interesting to I, see that they're like now talent is going into like yeah the there's there's they, there they, they exist yeah. some, they somehow exist <laughs> in their own multiverse there's like a multiverse yeah. that connects them so and i think with the current like dark knight death metal like i think there's even more opportunity that hopefully maybe in the future we'll see that because um yeah. dark knight death metal uh, ends with scott snyder establishing that there's multiple multiverses now or there's like mm-hmm. an omniverse so there's like yep. little things that both marvel and dc have like opportunity to possibly cross like if they ever do decide to cross over again Mm-hmm. there's ways that they could do it because they're like Scott Snyder, Donnie Cates and Grant Morrison have established these mm-hmm. little links that, Oh yeah, they exist. They like, 
maybe hopefully maybe we could write them in, in the future um but yeah. um at least they're, they are they're, there's always like little hints being dropped in um lately especially um you, so which leads me to my question is do you think within the next couple of years we're going to see marvel and dc crossover with each other um define a couple years because i can see maybe like within within the next five years or so yeah. might finally let's finally do future state something. where in the next five years <laughs> <laughs> um we could i would i would really hope so um it's, well with the with the reality of the comic book market the way that it is now um it's not pulling in the dollars that it used to it's um it's a little bit uh a little bit weaker and it seems to be shrinking unfortunately which is which is not good I think the only thing that could really rake in the numbers like that would be another um, Marvel DC crossover. Um, so I think, I bet they've had the discussion. I think both of them probably have of maybe, or well, internally, not with each other yet, but probably like, well, you know, maybe, I mean, cause DC does crossovers all the time. I mean, they had Justice League and the Power Rangers for God's sake, like they all, and He-Man of all, all the things that could have crossed over with. Yeah, um, and I think even, I think Marvel even recently has been, uh, at least with their Star Wars, and, and they also with their, some of their uh, Captain America, Captain Marvel and Spider-Man, they've worked yeah. with uh, Dark Horse as well to produce some like kid, mm-hmm. kid stuff. So I think yeah. both companies, I think right now are even way more open to crossing over with other universes. I'm not sure with each other, um, but I think there's at least those seeds planted where they are working with other companies. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think the tougher sell will be the Marvel side, honestly, because yeah. Marvel has Disney. Marvel, um, I feel like they—they're always the ones that um, that are the tougher sell in terms of that stuff because of how how tight they are in terms of what what they do. Because they even saying that that they're um, working with Dark Horse of printing like kid um, kid comic books for it with Spider Man, Captain Marvel, and Star yeah. Wars. Um, that that feels like uh, they're, they're just trying it out, but DC has been way more open to it where you see them yeah. crossing over with uh, the just league power Rangers. And, and then they've also had a lot, they've had just a lot of crossovers, not outside of DC, uh, outside of with Marvel, like throughout the years mm-hmm. of like green lantern, star Trek and Batman yeah. predator. And they, they've do so, they've done yeah. weird things. they like DC has done, like, I think it has always been more open to crossovers with other companies. I think it's more the Marvel side, to be honest. Um, yeah. But I do think that we will see it, and I just don't know what kind of form we'll see end up seeing this happen again. Mm-hmm. And um, because I do think that will, will probably be another, like just like Avengers two or something. Um, yeah. But I just don't know um, if we'll see it. We, I think, I'm not sure if we'll see it monthly by then. That's my big thing is that because mm-hmm. of the the industry, I feel like is going more towards trades, and everything is built towards the trade market because that's. Yeah. I think in terms of where the dollars are, where um, is is the trade market. So I could see it even coming out as a full trade. Um, mm-hmm. And then, because I feel like that's where the market's going. Um, and yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Marvel and DC, if they did decide to do this, they'll be like, let's just put put this entire thing out in trade. And then we could do single issues here and there, but um, yeah. by, I'm just not sure where the, where the industry is. And I think, and I even see what I'm um, looking at numbers that that's kind of where like even DC is going to more towards as they've been finding ways to do more exclusive things already in collections. Um, but yeah, I think um, I, do, I do hope that we do get it. Eventually we do get some sort of 
I would even yeah. do for, for one shots because there's a lot of both universe since 2000, what, 2003, 2004, they've been through so many changes. There's been so many new characters, new character, like and old characters evolve of how they, they've changed now where they're at right now that there's a lot of possibilities of just even like one shots of like Miles Morales and meeting uh, Damian Wayne or, or Jonathan Kent or something <laughs> like that which would, I think would be cool. And I think there's just a lot of possibilities of just, even if they go with that, I think they're, um, it doesn't have to be Justice League Avengers, Day, but they could do so much. Um, yeah, they definitely there. could. So, but, um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, let me think what, I think that was really it that in terms of covering this. Um, so, so th- thank you very much, uh, Stephen, for joining me. Is there <laughs> any um, thing that you want to promote or anything that you're doing um, your social media channels? Well, you can follow me on Twitter at, at President Glover. Um, that's really what I've got going on right now. I know that uh, our mutual friend, uh, Rock, and I are we're planning on starting out the podcast again soon. Um, a bit of a different format than before, but so okay, look yeah, out and, for that. And that's the Comic Book mm-hmm. Revolution podcast, right? That's right. <laughs> that's okay, the yeah. one. Oh yeah, nice. Okay, yeah, I'm excited to see what you guys because I've I've heard him talk about what you guys have been playing. And I'm excited to see what you guys wow. do with that. So, um, which I think is a lot of cool things. But yeah, um, in terms of this podcast, you could um, always download us here. I got us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor. I'm working on iTunes right now. Um, that yeah. one's still I'm waiting for approval on there, but we should be on iTunes as well um, for Apple Podcasts, um, and then. You can follow a lot, a lot of my work on comicbookrevolution.com. I just posted about three different reviews for the DC Comics Future State uh, for Batman, Harley Quinn, and Wonder Woman over the weekend. So you could catch those if you want to see what's going on with those comics, which we'll probably end up co- covering later at, in this podcast as a whole topic. Um, and you could also follow me at KevinL007 on Twitter and Instagram, and then also at NerdyKev um, on TikTok because I do a lot. I, I do some silly videos there occasionally. So um, mostly on food and and comic books. So, but yeah, you guys can follow me there. And then also um, just in terms of also the, the site that I work on is comicbookrevolution.com. You can find us um, on Instagram. On, on, I'm sorry, not sorry. Oh, yeah, Instagram and um, Twitter at CB Revolution and then on Facebook at uh, facebook.com backslash Conflict Revolution. So, um, but yeah, thank, again, thank you very much, Stephen, for joining me on this podcast and um, I'm excited to do, do more of this in the future. Um, so thank you and you guys have a good night. Good night, Joe.